Hi, welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, your nonprofit edition. I'm here with uh, Kirby Ross and I'm Jackie Gonzalez. Today we are gonna talk UBITs um, and functional expenses. So Kirby, since you're the tax guy, can you tell us what that even means? Uh, thanks Jackie, thanks everybody for joining us for the first episode. Uh, UBITs is unrelated business income tax. And so when it comes to do with non uh, not-for-profits, uh, not-for-profits are tax exempt, so you never pay tax on anything. And so that's what everybody thinks. And in reality, you can. Um, UBITs are, uh, if you're in a trader business, unconnected to or unrelated to your exempt purpose on things. So if you have something that's outside the scope of what you usually would, um, would you know, use to accomplish your mission, uh, that's gonna be considered unrelated business income tax, and you could possibly pay tax at the corporate rate for that on things. Um, UBIT, there's a lot of different examples for it. What happens, uh, there's a lot of things that are exempt. Anything that's related to your exempt purpose is not considered UBIT. Um, if you have uh, sponsorships, that's not UBIT. If you have advertising, it is. So if somebody sponsors it, you can put the name of the company on there, on your promotional material, and that's, that's considered great. But if you start telling how great that product is or how great that company is, then you're in trouble and you've entered into the, the land of UBIT. So it's a way that UBIT was originally established so that a not-for-profit couldn't compete unfairly with a for-profit business. So a for-profit has to go out there and they have to pay taxes. A not-for-profit, you know, if they weren't able to do that or didn't have to pay tax on, on that, uh, they could compete unfairly with that. And so it was designed to, to kind of level the playing field a little bit on things. And so other examples of, of UBIT, if you have uh, rent, that's typically not, uh, not UBIT unless it's debt finance. So anytime there's debt associated with something, uh, you're gonna be in trouble and it might be UBIT. So that's, that's kind of a general quick quick summary on that. Okay, so I know in the audit world, whenever we hear of you know, unrelated business tax, we start to think, okay, we're, now we need to pay a little bit more attention on the audit side, maybe dive a little deeper to make sure that we understand those revenue streams and how directly those are related to the programs themselves or the mission um, and purpose of the not-for-profit. So when you're looking at it, are you relying on kind of the audit side to dig into those revenue streams? Or are there certain questions, kind of those trigger questions that you can ask just to get the clients thinking about, oh, this may be or trigger UBIT? Yeah, there is. And the audit's a great kind of resource. The notes to the audit uh, kind of explain if there's any um, oh, kind of uncertain tax positions, other things on there. So if there's any unrelated business incomes, a lot of times the audit might flesh that out. For us, it's just looking at the revenue streams. It's what kind of revenue is coming in, is there something in other income? Is there something in miscellaneous income that just looks a little different and they're just following up asking questions on things? Well, miscellaneous yeah. income, that, that's always... <laughs> yeah, that's always a, a red flag for us. We got to dig into there and find what's hiding, yeah. uh, especially if it's increased year over year and there may just be something, something that nobody's thought of. So I think that's really helpful to understand what will trigger that. Um, and I think on our clients, when we hear about it or they ask us, a lot of times it's, kind of the scary word. They don't want to hear that they, you know, are going to owe taxes and, you know, what is that going to mean to their donors or, you know, the board if they find out that they've triggered something and are now going to, you know, owe taxes. So do you think, how do you think that, you know, paints an organization if they do have, you know, UBIT and they have to pay tax on a certain portion of their revenue? Overall, it sounds bad. You know, we have UBIT, we have to pay tax. At the end of the day, you might be involved in a for-profit activity, a joint venture of some kind, and it may be very uh, lucrative where you're getting a lot of funds that you're gonna use for your exempt purpose. And just because you use them for your exempt purpose doesn't mean it's exempt from UBIT. So you may pay tax, it still may be net of tax better that you, you did it that way, it still may help you and you may you just have to allocate 
and um, account for the fact that you're gonna have some tax on this stuff. On so really so, not hide from it, bring it to the forefront right. and really yeah. be strategic and understand it if it's a yeah. direction that the organization wants to go. Yeah, you're much more concerned with making sure, do you have UBIT, you could be um, an organization that's been around 10 to 15 years and never, never thought you had it. And you may have had it that whole time. There's nobody that knows whether you have it sometimes, the IRS may not know it, um, but you don't wanna be caught not, not doing it. So you wanna search, you wanna kinda go through and evaluate and just kind of review your activities and just make sure, okay, are we exposed to this? If it is, let's deal with it, let's plan for it and go forward. Uh, if not, then great, you just keep doing what you're doing, so. Sure, so maybe not as scary as we all think. Yeah, not, not as scary, <laughs> just gotta identify it, so yeah. Well, another kind of difficult topic, I think, at times to talk about, um, especially a few years ago when um, ASU 2016-14 came into play was the statement of functional expenses. Um, you know, a lot of organizations didn't have to present a statement of functional expenses and didn't know where to start. Um, and I think now everybody has one either as a statement or disclosed in, in the footnotes to their financial statements. But then the lingering question becomes, you know, we're dividing all of our costs between program and supporting. What should that look like? Is there a target? Is there a percentage? Um, is it going to look different for the auditor and on the tax side? Um, what do you think about how you look at that? What are your views on it? Uh, it's interesting from a from a tax standpoint. A lot of it's disclosure. You're disclosing what your what your expenses are and how how the organization spent um, spent their funds to what activity on things. Uh, where it gets into kind of a subjective matter is it's kind of an optics test a little bit. If you have a hundred say say hundred thousand of total expenses. Um, just everything combined, hundred thousand dollars. How much of that is is program service related to your day to day operations, and then how much of it's really for management in general and, and fundraising and maybe lobbying? Um, hopefully not on some things, but what's what's the breakdown of it? And a lot of it is it's it's a it's a presentation you're doing to show how effectively you're managing the resources of the organization. So the higher that percentage is, the greater. I mean, if it's fifty percent, that's got to be too low. You know, if it's hundred, probably not realistic because you're going to have some management and back office things uh, with accounting and legal. Uh, but something to accurately reflect what you're doing. And I think it's more a case of reflect what's actually doing. If you're low in a particular area, address it there and try to say, okay, how can you get that up? And what's, what, what accurately reflects how those expenses are going? And so from the audit, I, I would think that'd be, you're kind of doing the same thing a little bit from- We from are, you know, we are really concerned with policies that are driving the allocations um, and then consistency from year to year. So, you know, when we take a look at that, we want to make sure that whatever that basis is for allocation amongst the program and supporting services is really consistent. And like you said, really depicts what's going on in the organization. Um, but I know there are certain, you know, rating agencies out there for not-for-profit organizations. I mean, you've got Charity Navigator and all these different ones. And so those breakouts do matter um, because you may get a higher rating if, let's say you've got 90% of your total expenses going back into program. And so that lets your donors know how much of every dollar is going directly back into your program. Um, you know, we used to say 10% is a great target to get to your supporting services. Um, but, you know, we know what happens. We've, what's happened over the last few years, costs have gone up across the board. So now you're looking about anywhere from 15 and under going back to supporting services, I think is really a good target and what we see quite often in a highly functioning not-for-profit organization. Yeah, that would be good. And, and the negative, there's a lot of negatives to the optics. If, if for some reason you didn't do that, say somebody had 
you know, 50% one way or the other. And I, I believe there was one in the news and I won't name the name uh, part of it. I can't remember who it is, but, uh, but they had an organization. The focus was on, okay, you know, here it is. And they're only 50% going to their actual program services. And so now that affects you just presentation wise. And then it also affects future donors. You know, they're now that you're, they're looking at your organization as maybe you're not a good steward and maybe you're not. And that's the whole point of it is, are you spending the money in accordance with your mission for the best you know, use of the organization and for those that you serve. Yeah, and for us on the on the 990 side, if there's an audit, it's great because you guys do a great job breaking those out. And I think having to show that in the in the audit is is a is a great deal. And it just it kind of maps it out. Whereas before, you may have had to go in there and really try to you know string it together and rely on uh, maybe not get information to try to do that. So well, we'll take any plug for auditors. So yes. thank you auditors, for that. We like auditors. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kirby, it's been fun today. Yeah. Um, that's all we have. So. Uh, if you want to find any thought leadership or to find our podcast, go to weaver.com. Again, weaver.com, you'll find everything that you need in the not-for-profit world. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.